You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. Boom, boom, boom. Welcome to the Aftermath Season 3, Episode 8. I'm your host tonight, CJ Jones, with my good buddy, my friend, my brother, Chris Tenpenny. Chris, how are we doing on this welcoming, gloomy but rainy in Kansas City Victory Monday, buddy? Dude, it's always good after win, especially when you smoke a team in their house. Like, like, let's be real. Like most people were on the Chiefs, but there was that. There was always that talk, and the Chiefs came out and made a statement: five and two, third forty-point game on the season, Barrow. It's like it has been that for a while now. By the way, also, it's a good week to be a Chiefs fan. It's a good week to be in Chiefs Kingdom, man. The city's lit. The energy is crazy. They brought the energy to the locker room. Like Trav said, bring the energy. And the guys definitely did that, Chris. Why is this team so good after losses? I mean, it just naturally happens after losses when you're a good team. I get that. You're going to win more than you lose. But it always seems like after a loss, bro, these guys just bring a different level of energy to the next week. Not only after losses when we're down. It's like we really are. That's true, yeah. And we've said this for years since the Super Bowl year. We don't like being down or you don't like coming off losses. But this team just has laser focus. And this coaching staff, credit to them, they have these guys motivated and ready to play. Yeah, it's crazy. And, like, worried is obviously never a word I I like to use with the Chiefs. But there was a little, like, oh, man, when he threw that pick, when Mahomes threw a pick on the second play. Because it was a bad read. It was a bad throw. It was was just bad all the way around coming off the end of the Bills game. I'm sure I'm not the only Chiefs fan that it was a little bit like, all right, come on, Pat. Because Pat always seems to have, like, this two- to four-game stretch where he's, like, a top-10 quarterback instead of a top-one. You know what I'm saying? I thought I was thinking we were starting to sneak into that where he was just, you know, not quite on. Oh, man, he 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 was flawless after that first drive. Absolutely put on a clinic out there. Absolutely. We all like Pat to be, obviously, he's human at the end of the day. We don't like him to make mistakes, especially you don't <laughs> want to turn the ball over ever. But unfortunately, you know, things happen. And on that play, if you saw the press conference, Andy talked about it. I guess it was a a dig route that the sky was supposed to flatten it more. But even if, like you said, there was a safety driving on that ball, like you said, Chris, it was probably not a ball he should have thrown, but Andy mm-hmm. said he trusted Sky to make that throw. And unfortunately, Sky kind of rounded it off. So they communicated on the sideline. They corrected it. They fixed it. And then they said they're going to learn from that moving forward. But outside of that, once that, that mistake happened, we cleared that out the way. 15 finished the game with 423 yards, three touchdowns, a pick, like we said, and obviously had 132 passer rating. Obviously, I think the stat came out today. The first 70 games of their career, Pat Mahomes is number one in yards, touchdowns, any kind of quarterback. Everything. Just he everything. Plays number one. So, 15, master class. Andy, shout out to enemy. Shout out to Andy Reid to go out there with another great game call. Yeah, the boys look good on offense, too. Yeah, yeah. and it's just, you know, we've been seeing it all season again. Third 40 points uh, for the offense on the season. No other team has more than one. And it's just funny, after all this talk about Tyreek this and Tyreek that, I know oh. Chiefs fans are so tired of it. I know they're so tired of it, but it's like, it, it, good players play good. But a good quarterback and a good head coach are going to put up points and going to be able to, regardless of personnel. So, like, can we finally put that to rest? Can we finally not say that every chance we get on national broadcast? Do you think that's finally a thing? 
I heard some announcers on the game yesterday actually say they're not going to say it anymore. Ironically, on the Sunday night game with the Dolphins, they also said, okay, can we put that narrative to bed that the Dolphins, obviously, they're trying to say, quote-unquote, won the trade with Tyreek Hill, but that basically you need to stop making the notion that the Chiefs need Tyreek Hill to be successful. Because as Chris, my great co-host, just mentioned, third 40-point game of the year that leads the NFL, and the Chiefs are number one in the NFL after 30 points a game. So I don't know what more of a sample size you need to see, Chris, or for the fans need to see. Yeah, no, it's just they're doing whatever they want, and they're starting. you're starting to see that chemistry with Juju and NVS. You know, Juju's had, I think, Juju's been good all year outside of, I think he's had one down game, and MVS has put it together two or three pretty solid games in a row. I know he didn't do a lot last week, but for the most part, he's starting to trend in the right direction. It's like, this is dangerous because Juju is, he's a good route runner. He can break tackles. He just always seems to be in the right spot, and obviously no one's going to surpass Kelsey as that safety blanket. But Juju is quickly becoming like that nice number two, you know, borderline number one kind of guy so far. And that's, ooh, it just gets me gets me feeling some type of way about what this offense can do. Absolutely. When I watched him in camp, I was telling everybody in August that this guy looks healthy. I know everyone was kind of down on him or not as high on him based off what he did the last two years at Pittsburgh. But I, I saw the hands. I saw the after the catch ability. Like Chris just mentioned, that's back to back weeks with 100 yards, back to back weeks with five plus catches. The trend is starting to show that, hey, Juju's still that guy. I know everyone had their doubts because they were thinking he could only make plays with when he played next to Antonio Brown. And I was my thing was, Chris, you're playing next to Travis Kelsey. That's more of a right. number one than that ever was to, to a guy who can dictate coverage and make double teams. And you're giving Juju one-on-ones. And I think DBs and defensive coordinators especially are starting to realize we can't play this guy one-on-one, man, because he's breaking almost every tackle he gets. So the trend is going. Guys going into the bye week, they're healthy, they're playing well. Yeah, I'm super, super proud of this receiver group, man. The guys are definitely showing out and doing all the things we thought they could do and more. And the offensive line has been playing. They play. I think they've played what they've had one or two bad games. Yeah, the Colts, like the Colts game, I think was really the low point. Ever since then, they played pretty solid, including last night. Like Nick Bosa, the stud defensive end for the 49ers, even said after the game, like. Yeah, they threw some stuff at me that I wasn't prepared for, hadn't seen a lot of, you know, and like just did a really good job blocking. And it's like, man, you got an athlete like that saying, you, you know, you're playing some ball. So that, those linemen, man, it's that we don't all, there were the first one, first ones we blame when they're playing bad and the last ones we give credit to when things are going well. So I want to give them some shout out again. Like these guys are getting a dud up front. Absolutely. I feel the same way, Chris. If you're going to shout them out when they play bad, you got to give them their praise. And they play well, man. So overall, I think I need to look at the PFF grades, but I think that I think our highest graded lineman for that day, I think it was Joe and Orlando for what I saw for the day as well. So and outside of the one the one sack that Nick Bosa got, I didn't hear his name called too much outside of the offsides penalties, but we'll get into right, that later. Right, right. But no, the offensive line definitely played well. We ran the ball effectively. We definitely got on the edges with a lot of screen game, a lot of jet sweeps we did with Nicole. So gotta give the Hogs their flowers. They definitely deserve it and they play well. They responded to all the criticism, so I'm proud of that. What do you feel about McColl scoring three touchdowns? Like, is it like a, a wake up game for McColl? Is it because we were talking so much crap on him last week? As me, me in particular was was dissing on the guy, and he goes out and three scores touchdown. Is that a just a McColl actually making things happen, or more of a product of the offense? Like, where are you kind of leaning on what we saw out of him? I would say a little bit of both because there was a play in the in the first half when Pat is rolling out to his left and he had to square his shoulders and kind of throw the ball in between two defenders. And Miko made a contested catch with his hands, not with his body, took the hit and got a first down. So, and that catch similar Crazy to the one play. when he scored the touchdown last week versus the Bills, Chris, in the end zone. 
caught the ball in between a linebacker and a safety, took the hit, contested catch. If Miko does those kind of things consistently, that's the kind of guy I saw in training camp and I saw in the offseason working, telling everyone I can be a number one receiver. I can be the guy that Pack can depend on. When he makes catches like that, you can't really talk about Miko because we know the speed is there. Making right. the plays on the jet sweeps to three touchdowns, is it shocking to me he scored three times? The efficiency I would be shocked by, but those type of plays, that's Miko Harmon. He's one mm-hmm. of the top five fastest guys in the league. You give him the ball in a straight line, not too many people are going to keep up with him. So I, th- I know a lot of people forget about that since Tyreek Hill is gone. Miko can still run. So you give him the ball in straight line speeds and straight line routes, whether it be a go route, a deep over, anything like a seam, a screen route, or jet sweeps where he's running in a straight line, not too many people are going to catch him. So if he's doing the contested catches in the traffic, making those on top of the fast plays being explosive, Miko's going to be a very, very good weapon for this offense. We haven't even mentioned the running backs. So right, right. it's going to get real scary for the league if Miko's getting involved. Yeah, and I think you you hit it there too with like using him in the jet sweep game. That's where we saw him have success last year and in the playoffs, you know, when he started exactly. to go on a little bit of a run. It's all about usage with McColl. I never want him to be the guy, you know, that we rely on for anything. The only thing I will say is like if the Chiefs know that like the jet sweep and getting him in space and walk, following blockers is something he excels at why and he's also like the fourth or fifth option in the offense why is he not returning punts don't get me started on this <laughs> okay i, I know you had some thoughts and i was like this is perfect like why why oh, is McCole not in the punt return game and we're letting this rookie continue to go back there when that's hey, not yeah. even his skill set that's not even sky Moore's skill set Hey, Coach Toe, come here. Come, come here, buddy. Let, let, me, let, me talk to you. let me talk to you for like two seconds, man. After Indianapolis, I know you and Andy love to give guys second chances, Chris. I'm all about second chances. I don't ever want to condemn anyone and say it's one and done. Everyone deserves a chance to redeem themselves and correct their mistakes. But if you have a guy, and I'm granted, Miko dealing with the heel injury, and he said in his press conference that it's getting better, and hopefully he can be at 100% after the bye week. Miko's been an all-pro returner. That's literally one of his specialties at what he does when he came to the Chiefs. Let Miko be a full-time permanent returner. I'm not trying to say Sky shouldn't play. Sky should get more reps on offense, in my opinion, because I yes. think that's how yes. special he is with his route running in his hands. I've yet to see him get pressed off the line, which a lot of people don't realize. Sky is very hard to press. Miko needs to be our full-time permanent returner. I, mm-hmm. I, I saw that in Indianapolis. I saw it when he looked shaky in the, in the Raiders game. Nothing surprised me yesterday, and I, I, I'm not trying to knock on Sky. I love Sky. But he did not need to be our full-time punt returner, like Chris said. He didn't do it in college. He doesn't look natural with the feel of the ball coming to him. That's Miko's job, and that's Miko's specialty and one of his best attributes of his game. So I would love to see Miko Harmon get back to being a full-time punt returner. Isaiah Pacheco is doing a great job at kick return. Check that box off. So you did that, but you missed one with Sky. It's okay. I think he's trying to, like, prove himself right, Chris, more so than just, all right, the kid just don't got it. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can't do everything, man. Some guys have their weaknesses. Some guys have their strengths. This guy's just not a returner, and it's, and it's perfectly fine. Prior, I just double-checked. Prior to this year, Sky Moore had one punt return in college his freshman year in 2019. Literally. But it's like it's just how this coaching staff works. It's like I know, man. I they know. have to ease these guys into it. They don't want them to. And so instead of just having Sky have a couple packages, a couple plays on the offense, instead of just doing that and him getting, you know, seven to eight, 10 snaps a game on the offense, they're going to make him do this punt or stuff, something he's not experienced at at the NFL level just to like, because he's a rookie. I mean, that's really what it comes on. They, they just like, Hey, you're a rookie. This is what you're going to do. Well, if that's not something he's good at, why are we making him do this? Exactly. It's, like, it's just, there's a little, this, this coaching staff does way was this things way 
has way more positives than negatives. But the things they're bad at is just so easily avoidable, and it just drives me insane that they do that to their rookies. And this is why I'm not really mad at Sky because, like, Chris, if a coach comes up to you and says, hey, I need you to do this to help the team, you're going to say yes. He's a rookie. Right. He wants to get on the field. So I'm not I, – I want Sky to catch the ball because I know he can do it, but I'm not mm-hmm. mad at him for doing something he's not necessarily comfortable with. I put that more on Coach Tobe. Like, hey, you're the special teams coach. You've been here for years. You've seen good returners. You have a good returner in your building. Granted, Miko was dealing with his injury, so they tried to give Sky some time. That would be my theory of why he was doing it. But I think moving forward, we all can agree Miko needs to be back there returning punts. No questions asked. No more saving him on snaps, saving to save his body. Let Miko do punt return. He's good at it. He has a feel for it. He catches the ball great. And moving forward, we won't have to have this conversation. So Chris doesn't need to get mad, and I don't need to be yelling on game day. Because I'm tired of turning the ball over on special teams because I don't like that. Because every time it happens, we give the ball away. Right, and credit to Joshua Williams. Again, I know we're still on the offense. We'll get the credit to Joshua Williams coming away with that first pick to kind of negate the turnover for a turnover. But, yeah, still, like, it's just – I don't even think Pacheco – I mean, I think he's fine as a kick returner, but the day you announce him as the starting running back, in which we still saw was a committee just because, like, one guy's a starter. It's still a three-headed monster. You're still going to ask Pacheco to be the main kickoff returner when he hasn't really done anything and you're telling him to start? Like, I don't know, man. There's just – Tyreek Hill used to be the returner early in his career when he was a young guy that had that experience and had that explosiveness. Once he became the guy in the offense, okay, they had to find other options. McCole Hardman, well, yes, he's coming off a three-touchdown three game. He has a heel injury. Like, there's some reasons. He's not – he's your fourth or fifth option in the offense. He should always be the guy, I think, on kick and punt return because that's where his skill set is. And so just because he's a veteran now, doesn't mean that he gets the Tyreek Hill treatment to where he shouldn't be returning anymore. He's not as important in the offense. Let him go back there and return kicks. No, All right, I'm done with it. You, you got to just say one more thing about it. I, I'm done talking about it. No, no, we can move on. <laughs> I, I completely agree. Everything he said on my board. Me going back there. That's what yeah, there you go. There you go. But uh, it will, we will jump on the running backs real quick, too, because, again, Pacheco was announced as a starter, which I think a lot of Chiefs fans were happy about. Um, sure. You know, I – I didn't have too much expectations for, and I think we still saw that it titles are just titles. I mean, they're, these guys have their own skill sets. They have their own plays in the offense, and Andy's going to still use them all accordingly. Absolutely. No, when you have three running backs, four with Rojo being on the practice squad as well, we knew <laughs> coming into the season, these guys are going to rotate. There's going to be weeks where Macheco has a big game. There's going to be weeks where Jerry McKinnon has a big game, or, or Clyde has had multiple touchdown games this year as well. I think he's on pace to hit his overage on, I think, 600 yards that Vegas had him at before the season started. So but when you have these groups, it's doing everything we've said. This It's kind of like a theme every week. There's going to be certain plays and packages, like Chris said, and every guy is going to sign in their role. But Checo's our downhill runner whenever we want to get outside zones, we want to inside the package or inside the guards and the tackles. Clyde's kind of like our all-around back, and we kind of like to use him in the middle of the red zone because he's really good catching the ball and kind of feeling those holes in the middle of the screen game. And then Jerry McKinnon's our third-down specialist. He's really great in pass pro. We're going to talk about that dumb call on that chop block, which don't get me started. And he's really good in the screen game as well. So every running back has their specialty in this offense, and they do it to their best degree. And that's what Chris was literally saying last week. Put these running backs to where they they can succeed in the plays that they do best. And Andy and Bienemy did that greatly on Sunday, and it showed. Yeah, and I still am all on the McKinnon trade. Nothing changed from this week to, from last week to this week, even with Pacheco getting the role. Like I, I just the offense is at its best when he's on the field, and it's no coincidence that he had the most snaps 
out of all the running backs last week, I think he had 28, and I think Clyde and, and Pacheco were both around the 16 to 18 range. We saw what he did on third and 20, which was a great just general play design, but we still saw McKinnon execute it. The chop block, which was called, but he's very good at picking up pass protection and pass protection. Like he's still the guy I, I want to see most out there. And so when he's getting, you know, maybe what 45, 40 to 45% of the snaps while the other guys are splitting the remaining 55 to 60%. That's, I think when the chiefs are at their absolute best on offense. Absolutely. I'm great with that. Cause when you look at the run game, Pacheco finished with eight attempts for 40 yards. I put that on my parlay as well. That hit Chris. So Ooh, there you go. Make it some money. Make it some money. money. Shout out to Pacheco, man. Appreciate that. Uh, Clyde obviously had his six for 32 with the red zone touchdown. So I think, like you said, the, the roles are kind of defined. Whenever it's a passing situation, obvious third down, Jarek McKinnon is going to be the guy. If we need to get the tough, gritty yards to start off the drive, it's going to be Pacheco. And then when we get into the red zone, they're probably going to go to Clyde. So everybody's kind of developed their role in this offense. And I think it's kind of rounding into shape now. Now we can start tweaking little things, focusing on our weaknesses and things we need to improve at. But as far as roles, I think the roles are starting to be more defined now. Now we can start getting to some special packages, some certain plays you can kind of work on down the road for like playoff matchups. But yeah, everybody's job is starting to be defined greatly in this offense. Now. Yeah, this offense is clicking. Even Watson got his second touchdown reception of Shout the game. You, you know, Jody Fortson getting some snaps, yeah, uh, not in the red zone. Just yeah, getting, Jody. So like, you know, Noah Gray still, and there's just so many guys that they can go to. It's, uh, it's, Tyreek <laughs> I, I just got to keep saying that. I know we're tired of talking about it, but it's still kind of I'm fun to say. Like, new number 10 is in town. There we go. You there you, you're not going to do the old school, just get a piece of tape and write Pacheco on it. at the stadium, and I laugh very, I'm very sure. hard. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, man. So, like, any other thing else you want to get on the offense before we jump on the defensive side? Uh, nope. Everybody played well. Called a good game. Protect okay. the ball outside of the pick. Yeah, no, no turnover or anything. So, yeah, we can head on to the defensive side of the ball. And I got something to say about this one, too. Okay, but I'll let you get to that. But first, real question. Should Chris Jones start being talked about as a defensive player that you're candidate? I literally had this conversation today with my friend in the group. Today. Yes, absolutely. Yes. There's yes. obviously like the, the big names you have, the, the Micah Parsons, and ironically we played them, the Nick Bosa's and Aaron Donald's in every conversation. But outside of the – the top guy, me, number one right now, I would probably have Micah Parsons. And number two, I think it's Chris Jones. And I think if you look at the numbers, the dominance, the consistencies, the, the way he plays on the road, Chris, is was very impressive to me. Because a lot of guys play well at home and guys don't play well on the road. This team rises to the occasion and they kind of look at that disrespect teams give them and they have an emphasis to play even harder and to play even better on, on the road. And I love that about Chris. Yeah, and he's he's got five sacks on the year, two games where he's had multiple sacks already. And you know what? Sometimes as defensive players, you need that little extra narrative. Exactly. And as much as frustrating as it was at the beginning of the season, the Matt Ryan penalty and the play against Derek Derek Carr, which which should have six sacks, you know, it took away a sack from him. (laughs) Those both got a lot of press, especially the one against Carr because it was on Monday Night Football. That's, you know, it's such a minor thing, but that's something that's in that's in the voters' heads. You know, they've seen it. You know, they, they've seen Chris Jones make these plays. And if he has the stats to back it up, which coming into the week, he was already the highest rated defensive player in the league. I can't imagine that changing after how he performed against the 49ers. Like, he's got they're starting to check off all these boxes. Again, it's only week, well, we're, we're going into week seven now on the bye, but, or week eight on the bye. But, like, Chris Jones starting to check all those boxes that you have to in order to 
overcome like an Aaron Donald or a Micah Parsons on the yeah, defensive player of the year. It's all about consistency. And like you said, making plays in big games. You wanted those games. It's almost like college when you have like those big teams coming in town and you're in those mm-hmm. prime time moments and the whole entire country is watching, especially the voters. Those are the games when you want to show up and have your biggest impact. So like you said, Chris has been dominant all year. And we low-key may have two candidates. Chris, we may have an offensive player of the year candidate for Kelsey and a defensive player of the year candidate for Chris Jones. So you never know, man. We got two guys. And, really and an know. MVP at quarterback and, you know, this. Hey, and I, I'm, not trying, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put the narrative, Chris. I'm just stating the facts. I'm just stating the facts. This team is low. And you know what? On the last thing on the Chris Jones thing is like, you know, there's some we like. Jerry Sneed's fun and, and Justin Reed makes the play that like Thornhill. Like there's other guys that you like. But at the end of the day, it really is a one-star defense that everyone knows that they have to account for and him still to put up the, the kind of numbers he's putting up right now and have the impact he has on a week on week out, week on basis is pretty impressive for Chris Jones. He's had a monster start to the season. No, absolutely. And when he plays like that, it just makes everyone's job easier. And then when you get guys back like Willie Gay, his his flash and his, his energy, his athleticism showed because we know how good and how consistent Nick Bolton has been this year. I've been pushing this narrative before the season that I think Nick Bolton's going to finish all pro. And he's pretty much done everything on trend is what he's supposed to do this year. And that kind of makes everyone's job is just to gel in together. The young guys in the back end are playing well. The linebackers fly around and get to the ball. We're able to move Chris around more because last year that was kind of a derail. We didn't want him moving around as much. Mm-hmm. Now this year when you have guys that can kind of play their position solely, Chris, when you get a matchup you like, we can move you out to that five tech, move you outside of that tackle, or we want you at a head up four eye over the guard at times. We can kind of do those things and move him around, which makes him that much more dominant of a pass rusher as he already is. So I think people forget Chris Jones is six six, y'all. So he's a he's tall huge. dude. He's to see how big he is already. So you got him six six. You got Carlos Dunlap, obviously Frank. That's a lot of long and tall guys in the trees when they're rushing the quarterback. And and we had a, a multiple batted down passes yesterday as well. So when you have guys that are having these stunts and Spag starts getting in his bag and you know he loves to have his slot blitz. Hell, we even sent a corner, a cat blitz last week. I haven't seen uh-huh. that in a while. So when Spag starts filling himself in these blitz packages, man, it's going to be even scary. And, Chris, there's a little secret. We can add depth in the trade deadline before the bye week's over. So. Yeah, yeah, there's always the needed for depth, but the defensive line tried to make sure that that wasn't maybe the main focus, even though it obviously still is. Sacking Jimmy five times. I mean, even Frank Clark getting a sack and a half, oh, including really? a safety. Oh, my goodness. Dude, did you know it was Shark Week? Shark Week? I didn't know it was Shark Week, man. And he went out there, and he it wasn't just those two plays. He played pretty well the whole game. I thought the same with Dunlap. Like, defensive line came out and played against Day. I think they, there's some a couple banged up guys on the 49ers offensive line, but for the most part, one of the better O lines, especially the best offensive lineman, Trent Williamson's like D line got after it, man. Absolutely, man. And this is the kind of thing we knew coming into this week, coming before that bye. You know, guys are trying to gel with each other, need a little more time, and that's kind of the group we expected. And and, 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 and trust me, nobody's been harder on Frank than me and Chris. We we wanted more out of him. We, we all have expected more. Especially since the Super Bowl year in 2019, and we know how special he was that year. But when Frank is on, man, he's he's one of the more electric pass rushers in the league. So I'm so excited. I'm so happy for him to ball out this week, man. Nobody needed that. Honestly, Chris, I don't think nobody needed that sack more for their confidence moving forward to keep the to keep the kingdom calm. All the coaches and everybody just 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 to see Frank be the kind of guy we know he could be in certain special situations. He's not an every down pass rusher. He's not an every down lineman. We all know that at mm-hmm. this point of his career. But when he can come in and make an impact like that and rush off the edge against one of the premier, the best left tackle, if not the best lineman in football, that lets me know this defense is going to be all right. On top of the fact, I know we can add help and add more depth, which is always needed for a long 17-game season. 
Yeah, he's on pace for seven. He has three sacks on the year on pace for seven and a half sacks, which is I'll take right it from Frank. I'll yeah. take it from Frank, especially Absolutely. if Chris Jones is getting his, you know, 12 to 14. It looks like he's about more on pace on. And, you know, you get the other guys come after like seven and a half sacks, Frank, man. I'll take it. I'll take I will it take that. So, um, but staying with the defense, I thought they played well overall. Um, I know Jimmy. Jimmy's kind of one of the, Jimmy G's kind of one of those quarterbacks to where you never know which version of you're going to get. And I think the Chiefs are fortunate enough to get that when he's on the lower end. I don't think he played very well, but they still made the most of it. You know, they, they were able to limit Debo. Debo didn't hardly do anything. You know, Ayuk exactly. and Kittle got a few of theirs. I mean, Caffrey was relevant in the first half, but that run game for that, that was not was not existent for the Niners. And that's what you got to take away because that forces Jimmy to be that more pedestrian version of himself. Absolutely. When you get a team like that, obviously we know they have great playmakers like Debo Samuel, one of the best run after catch guys in the league. Same thing with George Kittle. And then ironically, they add one of the best all purpose backs in the league and Christian McCaffrey just happened to be the week they play us. So it seems like teams go all out to play the Kansas City Chiefs, but definitely the defense definitely did their job. Um, they definitely came in there and played well. Shout out to them. Um, definitely came in there and played above expectations for me, especially with Willie Gay coming back. Obviously, we know Nick Bolton needed his partner. That was my biggest concern coming in this week because obviously I wanted to see how we stopped the run because the Niners are probably one of the best, if not the best running football team in the league when you think about them, Cleveland and Baltimore. So um, to come in there and to hold that team under their rushing averages and to hold them from too many explosive plays, mainly because we know how we started the game off. But defense played well. Willie Gay didn't miss too many tackles, which I heard a lot about that this week. And I watched the film, and I didn't see too many missed tackles this week from 50. So maybe those four weeks off did him some good, gave him a little rest. So <laughs> I know Nick Bull is happy to have his dog back. Right, and also with Harris having played in his absence, you know, they were able to kind of rotate a little bit. I saw Harris still getting a decent amount of snaps, which I think is a good thing if you can have that depth, that linebacker. I still obviously want Willie Gay more in there than not, but to be able to have a a linebacker that he's not just a replacement linebacker in Harris. He's a guy that can still play some snaps, give some guys some breathers. I think that was an important belt of depth that we saw in the Willie Gay absence. Anything else really stick out to you on the defense that you liked? It was kind of a weird game because, like, second half, Chiefs kind of took over, and it's like it's hard to grade the defense after that point, you know? No, I was was definitely looking at the secondary because, obviously, we know that's been a big point, focal point this year. We've been struggling, giving up a lot of yards. And granted, the first half of the season, we all saw the schedule. We all knew what receiving cores we were going to go up against, what quarterbacks we were going to face. So I'm not too hard on them and Trent. Um, McDuffie not being there outside of the one half we had him versus the Arizona Cardinals. So wait, wait, wait. Sorry to cut you off. Do you think he should have played, or what? We haven't even talked about that. We assumed when we recorded last week that Trent McDuffie was probably going to play based on just how he was progressing. Do you uh, think I'm, he should have played, or I mean, it's easy to say no now because they won easily. But like, what was your thought initially? No, coming into the game, they were they said he was trending the right way, and I right. believe I said if you think he's ready. And he wants to play. Obviously, let him go out there and see what he can do. But was it like an was it like def, I see more of an emergency last week based on who we were facing and Josh mm-hmm. Allen and Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. This is a week where if he wanted to play and he was cleared, I wouldn't be mad at it because I would like him to see him out there and get some reps. But this being the week, if you said he's ready, then you figure out well, look at the receiving core we're going up against. Do we really need him this week? This is a team that's more of like a I'm, this is a Willie Gay week where I wanted him to be in the game to stop the run and everything short because outside of 15 yards, Jimmy Garoppolo is not successful throwing the ball 20 yards down the field. So right. when you have a guy like Trent McDuffie who's more of like a corner who can play one on one, this isn't really the week that you necessarily need him to go out there and lock down a big play receiver. So 
Um, I wanted him to play, obviously, but if the coach made a good decision and said, hey, we don't need you this week, we have a bye coming up, that means you give you the 100% time to get ready, so it'll be 110% ready when we come out of the bye. I, I appreciate the decision by Andy, but if he would have played, I wouldn't have been mad at it either because I would have figured, okay, he's had seven to eight weeks, he should be ready to go now. So, um, yeah, but, but shout, shout out to the coaching staff, shout out to the training staff especially for getting Trent ready, and I hope he's ready to go Tennessee. Yeah, my thing is it's just another example of – this coaching staff and this, not just the coach staff, this team in general, they don't really care. I mean, right now, like, yes, they want to win and they're five and two, clearly, like they're doing what they're supposed to, but it's still the first half of the season for them. You know, their, their eyes is already on the postseason. It's already on what can we do in January and hopefully in February that sure. Shirt McDuffie can help us potentially help us against this good roster 49ers team on the road. But if the Chiefs had lost that game, they don't see that as valuable as, you know, Trent getting an extra week off, getting the bye, and coming back and playing the last 11, 10 games. I can't do math right now. I've been wrong a few times. <laughs> but, like, coming back and playing those last 10 games strong is way more important than the difference between 5-2 and two and 4-3. and three. And I just – that's just where this team is. That They're always looking out on how they can be ready for the postseason, and we just see that time and time again. That's why I think they sat McDuffie. No, absolutely. I completely agree. The training staff has definitely shown to always be extra cautious when it comes to our players, whether it be Pat Mahomes in a playoff game or Trent McDuffie in a week seven um, regular season game against the Niners. So definitely, definitely appreciate the coaching staff and the training staff for always looking out our players' health and their mental capacity for sure. Yeah, and, you know, you'll get McDuffie back. Fenton will probably be back. Joshua Williams, who's looked rough at times, looked like Both a D2. Our corners with a pick. Let's go. Yeah, right, right. Both now, line. Let's go. Right, Let's against go, California teams. You feel me? <laughs> We're trying to find all these comparisons. <laughs> uh, but uh, I thought, you know, I, it's good depth to have with, with Williams out there because he does look really bad sometimes. And But – that play, that pick he made was not an easy play. I mean, I know Jimmy made a bad read and a bad decision, and that's why I let it. But like he was behind the receiver, he jumped up over him, grabbed it, and was still able to run out of the end zone. Probably shouldn't have, but like was able to get another 10, 15 yards. That was that's confidence is huge as a corner, and you know this young D two corner and Joshua Williams has heard all the noise, heard about the you know man, this guy maybe should have stayed in day two. There's a reason he was playing D two kind of stuff. To have a pick on the big stage in San Francisco, sometimes is all it takes to get those that motivation and that confidence back. No, absolutely. Every rep is better for him. Every rep is better for him and Jalen. And we said that mm-hmm. coming into the season, these young guys are going to get tested a lot. Probably tested more than we expected or we wanted to. We didn't want Fitton or Trent McDuffie to be out this long. But all of these guys being out is going to do nothing but help them more in the long run, like Chris said. When these guys get reps in the preseason, the regular season, going against – Josh Allen going against Derek Carr and Justin Herbert and Matt Ryan and Kyler Murray and all the receivers we've been through this year, it's going to do nothing but help this team get better towards the long run in the playoff stretch. Because once you see those elite receiving cores, when you come into the playoffs, we're probably going to see some of the best teams in the AFC. It's going to do nothing but make you more confident because you've already seen the best of the best. So there's nothing you haven't seen at this point. So you've got the reps, you have the confidence, like Chris said, which is huge for DBs. And now we're going to have the depth by that point and have all our guys back playing well. It's, it's going to be a very exciting group to see how this group does develop going forward, especially when our D-line is getting the pressure that they get, and especially when we add more depth and those guys can stay fresh. When you get pressure, it makes your defensive back's job that much easier. So Definitely, definitely. So, CJ, what are you doing during the bye week? No Chiefs football, man. Always the worst year, know, in my what opinion. What am I doing my life, man? Week. i got to – Right, like I gotta watch these other football teams that, for the games. most part, haven't been nearly as entertaining. I mean, we're um, definitely probably gonna, you know, relax, 
kick my feet up, take some time with the fam. May definitely try to catch some college games for sure. There we go. Have some time with the family and relax, man. Nothing too crazy, man. Nothing too you know, crazy. you know what's terrible is as a big baseball guy, and I'm sure most of our listeners are, but as a big baseball guy, the World Series travel day is on Sunday. So they play wow. Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday's a travel day. So I have no baseball. I have no Chiefs. I've got nothing. You're going through it, man. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do this week with no Chiefs. I guess just, you know, dream about the Chiefs coming and going 10-0 and in the second half and finishing 15-2. Which two. is very possible. 15-0, <laughs> right, right? There we go. <laughs> well, I think you got anything else you want to get into, my guy, before we get out of here? Um, I've been pushing this agenda all year. I've, I've been talking to fans and engaging with them on Twitter, Chris. Hashtag Juju catches everything. I'm getting Juju catches I everything. Juju to retweet this tweet one time, and we're going to have T-shirts made for everyone. Obviously with Juju's approval first. But we're definitely getting these T-shirts started, everyone. Hashtag Juju catches everything. I'm trying to get sizes for everyone. I'm, I'm going to get a design. I'm going to talk for everyone. Who's here, everyone? Bro. I, bro, I have a group chat. Everyone's asking. Oh, me. your own group. There's, okay, there's okay. I got fans. So there's people me. listening that don't even know what you're talking about. They're like, well, you want my size? I want a shirt. Hey, if you want a shirt, DM me first. <laughs> I'm gonna get with my graphics guy. We're gonna. I'm serious about getting these shirts out here, people. We're we're Juju's getting an extension. We want Juju in Kansas City for a long time. Oh so man, Juju yeah. catches everything. If you see it on Twitter, retweet it for me. Like it, please follow the page. Follow Chris. Follow me. Speaking of following, where can the people follow you at? Chris? I always at ten penny eighty eight, and the eighty eight is for Tony Gonzalez. For all those fans that I saw, he came back up in the news. People dissing him. That just drives me. That drives me insane. So I gotta be like. You mean the guy that? No, nah, we're not getting into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, that, that, hey, maybe we'll, we'll when we do our episode next week after Chief stuff, we can get into random things before we preview the Titans game. We could do that. We could do that about how. Trevor, so, no, 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 no. You want to see me? You want to get me fired up again? I always seem to be yelling on this thing, and we'll get this we can go into that. Relaxing now, you know, take time with the family, you know, have to kick your feet up. <laughs> you guys can follow me at CGZ81. That's CJEEZY81. I'm definitely open. Uh, definitely follow the page as well at the aftermath underscore KC. Me and Chris run the page together. You definitely interact with us. Ask us questions. If you have thoughts about fantasy, gambling, game plans, I'll try to post some more clips about my favorite plays from the Niners game as well. And any thoughts and suggestions are always welcome. Me and Chris are trying to grow the brand. So any views, any likes, subscriptions is always appreciated. We thank you guys so much for really tuning in with us every single week. Listen to us banter and yell, complain about our favorite football team. <laughs> Complain and praise, complain and praise. Complain you know, praise. it's it's a it's a, a, bit, it's, a, a it's a it's a circle, it's a circle. But uh, all right, everyone. Again, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. Chiefs.